Welcome to another episode of RPG Hour. Today we're talking about a review of Escape from Teddy Bear Island by Pat McNary of Orcs Unlimited. I'm Mr. RPG Hour. I'm Mrs. RPG Hour. And I'm Jonathan Andrews. So today, like I said, we're talking about Escape from Teddy Bear Island. Uh, it is from uh, Orcs Unlimited, which they do not exactly micro games, um, but their books are a little bigger than the size of a manga, and uh, Escape from Teddy Bear Island is 111 pages. We are also going to do a review, only because we use some pieces from it, uh, for the Return to Teddy Bear Island supplement, uh, which has, for the life of me, I can't remember how many pages on that one, but it, it's a good little supplement as well. It was like 40, I think, 30 or 40, but it was a lot cheaper than the main book, so. Oh yeah. So let's talk about a few things right quick. Um, the character creation is very simple. You pick a class, you pick a race, you add your goals, which when you complete a goal, you get an experience point and you can roll for a new goal or uh, pick a new goal. And you also use a couple of points to add like additional chi, which is your ability, uh, special ability stuff, because it's not just magic. It's You can do some other cool stuff with it as well. Uh, and it's also for... Uh, or uh, you also uh, pick out a starting set of armor and weapons. Um, and then you kind of can pick stuff up throughout the game. From a kit list for your class. Yes. Uh, you, I mean, there is also the generic adventures pack that you get, which is a, a backpack, a bedroll, yada, yada, yada. But <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I really like the way the character creation goes. I think that it fits in with the system really well, just the whole motif of the game it's simple it, it's simple but so is the whole game yeah but not in a bad way no mm -hmm. it makes it easy it's a good game to get people started because it's very easy to get a character built and actually start playing um it's the dice rolls are success fail which is good there's not a whole lot of math involved <laughs> unless you're me and you can't even subtract hit points <laughs> but um it's it's simple it's bare bones of, of what you need to play a, to run a, a campaign which is is nice and uh, one of the things is we've talked about this on, uh, about a couple of other games i feel like i could run a long-term campaign with this game I feel like it, I could honestly pick it up and i could I, i'd honestly love to run a long-term campaign with escape from <laughs> teddy bear island um I, I definitely would. Uh, the only thing that I would do is go for a little bit more of a um, Dr. Frankenstein motif with the game. Hmm. Um, kind of like a traipsing through a countryside with monsters in hand type thing. But hmm. uh, I think overall, even if you just run the stuff in the book, it would take you a while to get through the adventure in the back of the book. Um, unless you have crazy idiots that will run through anything in about, like, I'd say probably you could get through it in about 8-10 hours, but... Actually, a lot of player groups are that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but there's a decent amount in the back of the books. So. Yes. And there's, I mean, it's it's on an island, so you've got limited geography to work with, but there's a fairly good potential for, for uh, replayability, mm -hmm. uh, for mm -hmm. coming up with scenario ideas. Oh, and then also adding in Return uh, uh, to Teddy Bear Island, you add in the fact that you've now technically got access to a boat somehow because you've got pirates, you've got... Um, also, uh, the other cool thing that it adds in is firearms, 
mm-hmm. which if you are somebody that likes uh, having firearms in the early campaigns and stuff like that, uh, they're really cool because it's it, it's not just uh, adding a gun into the game. It's adding a black powder muzzle loading pistol and a musket. But with the game, how it runs, um, it, it's just kind of, oh, you just spend an action reloading and then you're back in the game. But they do a lot of damage. Uh, and so it's kind of a, it's a good trade-off because it, it ends up doing a bit more damage. Um, and when you pick up the game, you'll kind of understand this more, but this is for the other two people at the table. The pistol does 4-2. And the oh, yeah. musket does 5-3. That's not bad. So, um, and uh, <clears throat> I, I kind of, I, I definitely like the the idea of getting to add that in as well as um, it adds in a whip weapon. <laughs> um, it also adds in a grappling hook, which I feel like should have been in the first book, but that's Ooh. just, uh, mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also adds in uh, some more magical items. and. The cool thing about Escape from Teddy Bear Island is you get the feel that when they ran this, they took all of the fun character-created <laughs> stuff and added them back into the game. Um, and so I feel like I've got that again uh, with looking at this. The magical items include a frog gun, a frog gut shoe. I'm offended. A pair of leather shoes with a green stain on the soles. The character wearing these shoes can make a leap of six once per scene. Wow. Whoa. So they're, yeah. Um, the other one that I really, really love is the bullwhip of archaeology. When, <laughs> when within 100 feet of the secret door, the holder of this whip will start to hear orchestral music. The closer they get, the louder the music. Otherwise, this whip uh, works and looks exactly like any other whip. And and the GM absolutely has to do the orchestral music. Uh, if it was me, I would simply pull something up off Spotify and play it. I would not try and... Uh, because I would only think of something that would get us sued. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I think character creation in this is... I think... In a weird way, sort of feels how life path systems make me feel, and here's why. Not exactly the same. Not exactly the same. I know, just, I know it sounds like a stretch, but in in life path systems, you either make roles or you choose things, and your characters kind of built, and you kind of get a background idea for them. And with this one, you pick your class, you pick your character, and there's not a whole lot of choice there. You just you pick and you write all that stuff down, which is kind of like going through a life path system. You roll, you pick, you just write stuff down and then you get your goals. And this is where it kind of gets that feel of um, life path to me because when you get your goals, I almost feel like you're saying, what has driven your character up until this point? Why did you start adventuring? Because you want to do these things. This is something that you absolutely have to have now. Um, and so I, I, it's not exactly like a life path system. That's not what I'm saying. But I get like a similar feel of completion that I've got a character that I can play. The goals give me that direction. Mm-hmm. If you get Return to Living, uh, uh, Return to Teddy Bear Island, Return to Teddy Bear Island adds edges and flaws, which is like um, fortes and flaws or advantages and disadvantages, depending on the system that you pick up. Uh, it's that exa- exact same kind of thing. So personally, I like that kind of stuff. Um, but, uh, I would probably also grab, like, the We Hunt Bugs and, 
um, to grab the stuff from there as well to add on to this because there, there's not I feel like there could be a little bit more mm-hmm. um, but or you can also make your own because they're, they're, they're mostly you could. yeah mm-hmm. they're, they're very much based in RP rather than system anytime I want edges and flaws I go to GURPS <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest I always go for Rollmaster Roll <laughs> yeah that's that's my go to I don't always want my characters to be able to have wings <laughs> <laughs> that's only with talent law <laughs> Oh, I thought we were talking about talent law. No, no, no. I'm talking about just the regular standard book. Oh, yeah, the, the big... Talent law is much book. more exciting. Um, talent law, yes. But Rollmaster Standard actually has uh, advantages, disadvantages in the main book. Yeah, it does. Uh, the only thing is you can end up with lycanthropy, so... <laughs> That's true. It was beautiful. It was the best thing ever. <laughs> so, uh, what do you guys think about the character creation? Personally, character creation was good. I mean, it, it kind of reminds me of Legend because you pick your race and then you pick your profession. Uh, I felt like it was good for a starting book, but I would have loved more options. Uh, it yeah. says it says Escape from Teddy Bear uh, or Return to Teddy Bear Island is the first source book. If they come out with more source books, I would be a lot a lot happier with this system yeah. as a long term system. As a one shot, it's perfectly fine, but. I, I, I would have liked a little bit more content. Yeah, I can see that. I really like that um, Return to Teddy Bear Island um, gave us a few more options for races mm-hmm. and classes, which mm-hmm. was nice because the way it was, it was kind of like... The uh, original book is very know, classic was, fantasy. Yeah, it was classic fantasy, which is kind of limiting... Except for the Fluffomancer, which was very which geared is, towards the setting. Well, yeah, that, but that, yeah, exactly. It's a setting thing. The rest of it, it almost felt out of place with the setting. Almost. Because you have, or at least it made the Fluffomancer seem very out of place. Because it's like you have an adventure, you have a magician, you have, you know, a warrior, mm-hmm. you have your priest, which are all traditional. Mm-hmm classes and then you have fluffomancer so i kind of sometimes i kind of wish that there was maybe something a little bit different done with the rest of the classes to Hmm. to help shape them to the world a little bit better i see what you mean i agree to a point i think that the priest and the adventurer feel in line with the fluffomancer with the way they're written about yeah but i do have to agree like the mage feels slightly out of place because it feels like a generic mage well i felt like the mage didn't have enough because they've got Three, four spells? Yeah. If they had more spells that they could, or more specialties that they could go for, then I feel like it might have more, uh, more of a feel to it. It just felt very generic. Yeah. I like Warrior. I think that Warrior is good, but I felt like it was almost doubling up with the, um, the, the, the adventure. Yeah. And I mean, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. These are all very well balanced, very well written. Um, but, I mean, it just, I felt like the warrior was for, I feel like adding the warrior and the mage is good for running it and other things off the island. Like what I did True. with you guys running you guys through um, that one campaign setting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I've it, run it through another campaign setting. Well, I, I guess I'll just tell you, I, I ran it through Storm King's Thunder. A little bit of Storm King's Thunder. <coughs> um, I've run this also through Curse of Strahd, and without the warrior and mage, they wouldn't have lasted yeah. But it's when you when you kind of venture just into this, I feel like the way that they wrote the pirate up 
which is from Return to Teddy Bear Island, mm -hmm. definitely has a Teddy Bear Island feel. And um, I kind of wish that there was a, a counterpoint uh, that was a buccaneer. <laughs> um, so somebody who basically followed the law versus the pirate. Um, what do you mean privateer? That's followed true. the law within reason. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, it would kind of been nice to have more than just one uh, class and um, race add-on. But at the same time, that book is a really sound... A, like source book for a really sound arty game. So. Well, it's only two dollars for yeah. the amount of money it was. It was a really good amount of content. Yeah, I'll be honest. I think it's still too cheap. I would have still paid more for it. That's true. Like, but it's I a mean, PDF, so they usually have, they're usually cheaper. Even at that though, uh, that book it adds a lot to the game. Though they really do kind of smooth some things out, and they definitely bring a lot more to the game. Not just I mean, like one, they bring some really cool magical weapons to the book. Yeah. But I mean, adding guns into it. Um, yeah. I don't feel like adding guns. Also, I'll say this. Some games, when they add guns in a later supplement, it feels off-putting or offsetting. I feel like they should have been there from the start. Like, I know they're a bit more powerful, but at the same time, they're, they're very well balanced. They fit a lot better with the pirate, though, than they would with the warrior. True. Um, had the pirate been in the main book, I yeah. think that that would have been a great... Uh, but I felt like the, the guns themselves feel like that they fit the setting very well. They do. Mm -hmm. um, and so that's one of the things that I find with some games where you get a supplement and it's like, oh, now you have this, like, plus 20 magical sword, or you have this really cool Gatling gun. It's like, but it doesn't really fit. <laughs> right. Like, and so, I felt God, like... God, can you imagine a modern escape from Teddy Bear Island? <laughs> <laughs> the fluff will fly. We hunt teddy bears. <laughs> I don't know how many rounds it's going to take, but my backpack has a thousand. <laughs> oh no! Wee! No, but then you'd have things like the like the the Cupid doll or the ones the the dolls that sit up and go. Nah. Oh yes, oh, those are creepy. Uh, I can also uh, what was it? Um, Reanimated Cabbage Patch. It's got six heads. <laughs> Who was it that made the life-size dolls that were the? Who was it made that the, made the life size oh, stuffed dolls? Oh, the ones dolls? that are like turned around in the corners and stuff. No, and they no, don't no, have no, faces. No. <laughs> have you seen those? Yes. God, no, no, no. the stuffed ones that were like four feet tall. What? No. So what okay. Are you talking about. Um, so not only did okay, so not only did we have those creepy like four foot, three foot tall like Barbie knockoffs or whatever that were supposed to be life size Barbies or whatever, but there was also a stuffed uh, a stuffed thing that you could get. And it was like, it looked like a, a Cabbage Patch doll, but it was giant. Oh my. Um, and so that's like the first thing that comes to my mind. Though yes. granted, what, uh, what is it? The Brew Bunny is um, yeah. uh, like six <laughs> feet tall or something? Yeah. Like, <laughs> a single Brute Bunny has decimated entire adventuring parties in the past. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're pretty, they're pretty hefty too. But. These things. Yeah. Can you imagine a bunch of these, these that they're called corner kids dolls or timeout dolls that just, <laughs> they're real creepy. Yeah. So this book is full of pop culture references and things like that, which I think is a lot of fun. Um, yeah. It definitely lends itself to the goofy potential nature that this game has. Um for those of you that are kind of like, well, what if I don't want to use um, 
just stuffed animals like we did. There are elemental spirits in here, and there are animal companions that you can use uh, as, like, anti-party things, so... Well, and you could create NPCs using the player creation guidelines if you wanted to. That too. Um, which the only reason I didn't do that this time is I wanted to just focus on the fluff. Sure. Um, whatever. <laughs> so, speaking of the fluff, uh, one of the things you're going to find throughout, it talks about Jesse. Um, and I think Jesse was one of the, like, the, the, the playtesters or something. Um, but I think. I think my favorite thing is uh, a magical item that you can get, uh, kind of sort of, like, magical items can be placed around or you can find them on things. Um, one, a magical item that I'm surprised nobody in this party asked for, the popcorn popper of finding traps. <laughs> when the popper is used, it will make any traps in a 15-foot uh, area glow with multicolored dots. That was funny. Um, which, if you don't know what a popcorn popper is, it's a toy that kids would use to act like they're mowing the lawn, and every time the wheels rolled, it popped a little thing inside, making a noise, popping these balls up against the top of the dome, um, and so it made a very loud popping sound. What was the onesie? That's what I was getting to. <laughs> uh, so the other thing is is Jesse's alicorn onesie of command. Oh, it's an alicorn onesie? Yeah. Yes. I told you this nice. last time. <laughs> so for those of you that don't know, an alicorn is a unicorn with and they are the royalty of, um, oh my god, my brain. <laughs> they are the royalty of Canterlot. <laughs> yeah. My little pony. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> it grants the person wearing this onesie can control one plushie. The plushie must have fewer hits than the wearer in order to be controlled. So as I understand that, that means that you don't have to use your cheat. You've just got one automatic best friend. So. Equestria. Sorry. My bad. Canterlot's the capital of Equestria. <laughs> prefix. Weapon prefix. So there's a couple of prefixes that can be added to different kinds of things. And one of them is Jesse's mom's. Oh, Any God. plushie within 30 feet must succeed on a physical check or be forced to run away from this item. So if you get a basically like special magical item that is uh, like, so there's the Jesse's mom chanclas of precision. Oh God. Yeah. <laughs> but you can also basically add, like these are things that you can add on to other things. So you can create a whole new, like Jesse's mom's broom or Jesse's mom's, uh, well, it's like Jesse's the weapons in vacuum cleaner. <laughs> it's like the weapons in Diablo. Uh, mm. Bracers of durability. Yeah. Uh, the, my other favorite of these, because there's there's quite a few. I don't want to just give everything away. Um, <laughs> Crazy Uncle Mike is also a weapon prefix. <laughs> Makes a terrifying face. One die, one d six penalty to enemies attack rolls. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, so the, some of the armor prefixes that you have. Uh, plushie skin. Plushies must gain a success on a mental check or fail to notice the wearer. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's useful. Yeah. Uh, my other favorite. It's like what? It's chicken soup. This makes the wearer easier to heal, providing a two die bonus to any heal check. The mucus. <laughs> it's the mucus. You totally needed that. <laughs> If we if we kept this going, which I mean I uh, wouldn't mind doing a, a continuation of the story or whatever, 
Um, I would honestly let you basically <laughs> at some point uh, find a way to coat some armor and give it a permanent uh, <laughs> mucus bonus of some kind. Uh, <laughs> okay, so gameplay. So gameplay, uh, I'm actually going to let you take this one, Jonathan. Sure. So how did you guys like the way skill checks work? I like them for the most part. My only contested issue is the opposed checks. Um, yeah. I, I I feel like it's just kind of weird because if you get a success, you get a success. And then all of a sudden there's opposed checks now, which I feel is a little bit out of place. Mm. But... But I, I still do the same thing in that... In that no, as they do. it does... Well, I mean... Well, it, it depends on what your what the opposed check is for. If it's like damage and stuff, it doesn't work quite the same. No, 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 no. That's not what it's okay. talking about. Oh, okay. Um, so if you're directly trying to do something against somebody, we didn't come across it. In oh, the game. that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're trying to do something against, it's however many successes you get versus how many successes they get. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's like if it's if a su- success is a success, what happens? <laughs> Unless yeah. you're an opposed check. So it, so that's the only the the only thing I have an issue with. Um, but I still feel like. The game mechanics are so fast. They're so quick. They lend to themselves. We went through three combats. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, we did. It. Wow. <laughs> and in other one-shots that we've done, we maybe get through one combat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, I mean, I'm okay with a clunky opposed system. Yeah. And I feel like it's clunky compared to the rest of everything else, but... Well, I mean, it's and it's not bad. It's just uh, it doesn't feel exactly the same way the rest of the system feels. Yeah. How else are you going to do opposed checks, right? Yeah. <laughs> and for that matter, if you're going player to player, it's fine. It's just if you're going against a game master player, an NPC, that it's mm-hmm. kind of yeah different. Yeah, I see that. I don't know. I just like that I get to roll a crap ton of dice. <laughs> <laughs> so the stats should be higher, you think, you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> She's me, on the couch. I had, good Let job. me roll more dice. I had trouble rolling sixes. Come on. <laughs> Five or a six, dude. Well, that's, why, that's part of why I use these, these yeah. specific D6s. <laughs> so I have a set of D6s that I bought specifically <coughs> for this game. They are made by... Um, let me find it again. Uh, Polyhero. They are fireballs. So I usually play magicians when I play this game. Uh, I think I've only played a Fluffomancer like once. A Floofomancer, sorry. You've played the Floofomancer once, but you've played a mage twice. Yeah, and so I got the fireball D6s, and I don't know. I guess it's probably something about their shape. Um, but I just... I'm... I'm pretty good at rolling sixes with them, <laughs> which is nifty. <laughs> and, and it's not every time, so it's not like these are cheap die for this, mm. and you know, it's not fair to, to play with these or whatever. It's not every time I roll that I get automatically a six, but it's pretty consistently I was at least getting one, which was nice. Well, and I mean, you're succeeding a fair amount of time. It's basically like you're a first level D&D player. Yeah. It's not like you don't roll any successes, but you're rolling six dice, and so you're thinking, wow, I'm rolling so many dice, and then you you fail like <laughs> three times like, in a row, and you're like, like oh, oh you know. I suck. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, crap. But the only downside is, because this is a dice pool system, 
if I I think with the size that my hands are, if I if I had to roll more than than six of these, I would not be able to. I would have to use a cup. Switch to smaller dice. <laughs> I would have. I would have to. No, I would just use a cup. There you go. And it would make a lot of noise, but yes. you know what? That's Screw why it. you have linings in cups, the dice cups. No, I was just thinking like grabbing a cup out of the pan. That would make a lot of noise. You're right. <laughs> because I don't have a fancy lined cup. I guess that's my next purchase for this game is a fancy lined See, cup there so you that go. I can roll yeah. more dice as my characters level up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know if it's the shape or what, but these the, the fireball D6s are amazing and I highly recommend them for this game. They're very cool looking. If you go out and take a look at Drive Through RPG at the Orcs Unlimited page, and you're looking for something that is similar to what we're talking about system-wise, you've got three games: Escape from Teddy Bear Island, Bad Day to Be a Kaiju. I so want to play that game. <laughs> well, we've got it. I we know. can just do it. Uh, and uh, We Hunt Bugs which in some of the episodes you'll hear me refer to as Bug Hunt. I don't know why I did that when the game is literally sitting about like five feet from me, um, but I have a habit of calling it Bug Hunt. Um, but We Hunt Bugs, uh, Escape from Teddy Bear Island, and A Bad Day to Be a Kaiju. They're all the same system. They're all slightly different in character creation, though, but the cool thing is, is it's to fit the setting. And that's one of the things I really like about Pat's games is, is they do fit the setting they feel very very into that mm -hmm. uh and so i mean you kind of get that with just i mean the way that you read certain things about it uh like the goals um they're kind of generic in, in a sense of you could use them in almost any type of game or setting but you also when you're going through and reading it uh you do get a a fantasy feel with some of it flavor text Flavor text. It a flavor. One of them is called In the Dungeon, Everyone Can Hear You Scream. <laughs> and uh, you run away in a manner that is embarrassing to all present. <laughs> um, now, you might be saying, I don't want to play a character like that. If your character no, you did do. something like you that. You do. It's so much fun. Yeah. Uh, if you did that in this, you'd get an experience point and get to get rid of that goal. But you'd you have to do that something goal, that embarrasses. And then you get a point. Yeah. So it's worth it. Uh, another one is um, You Shall Not Pass. Hold off plushies so others can run away and you'll complete this goal. Uh, <clears throat> so, I mean, they've got some things that definitely give you that feel of, you know, I'm in a fantasy game. Uh, <clears throat> the skills are, there's not a whole lot of skills, uh, which, as I've said before, doesn't tickle that exact thing for me. There's sometimes where I'm like, use this skill, and they're like, we don't really have that in this one. I'm like, okay. <laughs> uh, so it does get to a point sometimes where I'm a little bit of backpedaling trying to figure some stuff out. I wish there was more social skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I feel like there, there, there's a little bit of a... Okay, but by the book, if you're only using the first book, there are less than 50 people on the island who are not adventurers. So you're probably not going to get into a whole lot of social situations. Now, if you add the second book... It says there are 50 to 60 people in that town that it adds. So you've got less than 100 people on the island. And again, not as much room for social situations. Which, again, makes the famous flaw edge a little bit less than worth two points, if you ask me. Yeah. But, uh... 
No, it, it's a good. It, I still say that it's good, because uh, the, the social skills that they give you are honestly on the dot, and mm-hmm. I mean they really do play out to a lot of stuff. Um, you've got act uh, or acting, and I mean that's kind of a generic, you know. That can be used for a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got parlay, which is the ability to speak well, persuasively, diplomatically, and deceptively. Mm-hmm. And then you've got perform, uh, which allows you to do like singing, musical instruments, stuff like that. It's and kind of, it covers all bases, even though it's it just really three skills. Does, so yeah. it's. I mean, there's not really a leadership social skill. No, that's but that's the only. Yeah, some type of leadership skill would have been kind of nice, but I mean, I understand yeah. also why it's not there because it's one of those things like you're not going to be leading armies. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I mean, I think. That, uh, well, you oh, could. Oh, the other thing is, all the people on the island are apparently cowards by the books, so you're not going to be leading armies. Yes. <laughs> no, 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 no. If you're a flufomancer, you could lead an army. <laughs> well, that's but true. But you don't necessarily you don't need, need a social, social skill to do it. <laughs> Just key, lots and lots of key. <laughs> um, I. I like the fact that like martial arts and special abilities also use chi. Yeah, uh, that's one of the things that drives me nuts in some games where the warriors can just go to date, just like bash people's heads and like do all these cool maneuvers all day long, and the spellcasters are over here. All right, guys, we're gonna wait. You know, I, I like that it kind of puts everybody on a level playing Hang field. Hang on, I need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wait for me, guys. I need a nap. Okay, it made me a little crazy, though, how many of the classes have heal. Yeah. (laughs) There are so many special skills. Why does everybody have heal? But it's it's expensive for most of the other classes because they're not necessarily going to build up their chi points, necessarily. And so it's expensive for them to use it, so... Yeah, but it only costs one point for one That's true. That's true. And it's taking away from what the clerics can do. And apparently, Fluffomancers. Sort of, but here, here, here's the, the spin on that. Um, if you really go look at a cleric, they're not like a normal cleric, which is why I say they fit this setting a little bit more. Um, because the priests in this game, their specialties are a choice between death trance, which puts a willing subject into a death-like state where they take no damage, no actions while in that state, um, and it can last up to a day or until the priest lifts it. And it only costs one chi to use this ability. Uh, or they can create a potion, mm-hmm. which allows them to do uh, a lot of different things with the rituals, which is what heal is a specialty ritual. Um, and Or they can uh, choose rise. This allows the priest to bring back the dead. <laughs> so I, I think with the way okay, that they made... Read the special skills before you start that. Before you start. Okay, so special skills are turn... Heal, hold, and purify. <laughs> While yes, everybody gets it. They get six dice starting in that. Not everybody does. That's true. You've got so a point. They, they, oh, they've got, yeah. yeah. Uh, a magician gets, uh, their special skills are uh, missile, ice, shield, and sleep. Mm-hmm. They get six dice in that. Um, warriors get stone hands, two weapon fighting, and leap. Mm-hmm. Adventurers get heal and airwalk and sleep at three dice each. I feel like it makes sense that adventurers have heal though because a lot of times if they're by themselves they kind of need to know how to do that. Yeah and I mean I think that it feels I think that because of the way that the rituals are worded 
it doesn't necessarily mean it's the same thing. True. And so I think Lucas. That, yeah. They, <laughs> <laughs> I love how open ended it is. <laughs> I love how open ended it is. I feel like it definitely lends itself to a kind of you know what is this? What is the adventure just bandaging themselves up versus the cleric is healing? Mm-hmm. You know, and the fluffomancer. What are they doing? And you guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other good thing about this is it's really easy to. They, they've made it such that it's really easy to make your own stuff or adapt stuff from another system mm-hmm. if you want to. Yeah. I'll so, also say this: if you don't like the way it is, change it. <laughs> With adding return to Teddy Bear Island, only half of the classes get healed. Ah, okay. So it's it's, it's a fair, it's a half and half deal, uh, which is only six classes. But uh, I feel like if you, I feel like adding that allows players to also, if they really wanted to, you could have a pirate adventure warrior game. You don't have to have the floofomance. You don't have to have the priest. Okay, but that was my other thing. The, you start off with five points extra. Which you can buy up with flaws, and that helped. But uh, I didn't feel like that was enough, because in a lot of systems where you do stuff like this, uh, D6, you get seven points of skills, and even that's more than, than five. Uh, and with this five, you're also buying up your chi if you're a spellcaster, which you really need to do. And you're buying up your health if you're a warrior, which you really need to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so you've got maybe three points that you can put into skills if you're not buying up a stat. Yeah. For me, I feel like it's not a drawback, though. And for the the reason for me it's not a drawback is because I feel like the characters are really good at starting out. Versus some other games when I feel like I'm going into it and I've got like these pre-made things, I don't feel like it's 100% playable, but I feel like... But it's passable. It, yeah, and and I feel like this is I feel like this is definitely above because the hardest difficulty you have in the book is a, a five dice drawback. True. And you have more than enough stuff with some of the, depending on how you do your race and um, class positions, you can actually have some that still have positive dice to roll against. Even if you're not rolling, I mean, even if you're just rolling statistically, though, uh, you need six dice in your pool to roll one success. True. But I like the idea that I can, at starting level, have the hardest difficulty and still have a chance of doing it. <laughs> yeah, um, one die is not much of a chance, though. <laughs> it is a chance. <laughs> Whether it's a good chance or not, and I just rolled a one and a five, which means I did nothing, um, I can still try. <laughs> Four. But... So that, that that's the thing. I'd rather have I'd rather have a chance of doing something like that at the beginning level or nearly being able to do it versus some of these games where even if you have a lot of extra stuff, you're still not getting to a point where you could actually hit those really good numbers and do some of the really cool stuff. So I don't feel like it's a drawback for that reason. But that's me. It it just feels like you're starting off like a first level D and D character. Yeah. Kind of pathetic. <laughs> kind of. I, I almost put it as a second or third level D&D character because I feel like you've got that chance of you could still really do some damage to some people. You could still It's possible, some, yeah. Versus... I did. 
I did it. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you've got a better chance. Than I think mean, you, you could boxcar sixes back to back, sure, and all of a sudden you've got <laughs> ten extra successes, but you're probably not going to do that. No. <laughs> So not to beat a dead cat, but I I, I feel like it's not just... Uh, <laughs> not to beat a dead cat. <laughs> I feel like it is a little bit more than just first level. And I feel like it's because you, you've got chances of, you know... I feel like if we equate five dice to being a higher level target number, like let's say a 30... A D&D first level character still has a 5% chance of rolling a 20 true but and I'll grant you one in six is slightly better than five percent but not all that much yeah but I mean uh, one uh, one of darts abilities uh, was like an eight so would have had three dice left over it was not it was not an ability it was my defense oh yeah no no no, no, no. before your defense one oh here, yeah um, uh, my athletics actually athletics and stealth are eights so even at the hardest thing Dart still had a three dice chance. Well, okay, but a first level character in D anD D has many skills at four ranks. I just feel like it's it's, <laughs> but it's a starting character, so you know that's that's okay. It's just I when I'm spending points, I am more used to having more capable characters, which I think is part of why they didn't give that many points, though. They want you to have that beginning feel. That may be. Um, I do love how you can actually use those points to get more currency, though. <laughs> That's kind of yeah. funny. <laughs> For those that aren't aware... Uh, I spend my points on money. You use eyes as the currency in this game. Well, if you want a high defense, you pretty much have to. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're... Do warriors have a start with plate? Uh, warriors start with ringmail, which is a 1-3, or leather armor, which is a 0-5. So they need plate, mm -hmm. or uh, scale mill was pretty good actually. Yeah, scale was um, scale was pretty decent. What was the One kind three. of armor you had? That was good. Zero five. Leather. Leather. Was that leather? Yeah, yeah. it was just leather armor. Huh. Uh, warriors had the option of. And then I added a shield of... to it because the thing is, it didn't have anything that it automatically took away. Yeah. But I have a big dice pool yeah. to to defend myself with. Yeah. So leather armor is a zero five. Adventurers have zero, uh, leather armor no matter what. So it was ah. like strategically a good move to just keep that armor, even yeah. though we were getting yeah. better armor. <laughs> right. For those for those unaware, um, the way that armor and weapons work is that the first number and the two numbers is automatic. So a zero five means that you don't automatically reduce any damage that you just took, but you can roll five dice to try and get sixes to try and then counteract. Um, personally, I would rather go with a 1-3, but that's just because I, I, I like that. It would give me less anxiety. Uh, <laughs> I survived. You did, which I'm surprised, because normally health-based things, you do not survive. Uh, you also don't really play warriors for that reason, too, though. Mucus. <laughs> that, that is a t-shirt. <laughs> just a picture of a frog... Frog person. Mucus. <laughs> yeah, just a picture of a dart frog and just says mucus across the top of it. We'll cut that out so nobody steals it. Um, it's not going to be funny to anybody else. <laughs> that's probably true. Nobody. Somebody who's a fan of our show likes it. Well. <laughs> Alright, so. Uh, <laughs> Don't make us be that guy, guys. <laughs> 
So uh, spells, skills, rituals, and martial arts cost one point to increase. And like Jonathan was saying, you get five points. Mm -hmm. To up one of your abilities, one of your stats, it's two points per ability point. Hit points are one for one. Chi is one for two, meaning for every point you put into your chi, you get two chi points. Uh, initiative is four points for one additional die. I think there's... I think... I don't think anybody starts with any additional um, initiative. I think everybody is like a one initiative. I think somebody does because I... The warrior starts with two, doesn't it? I vaguely recall going on... It's toward the top of, cycles. The, of this class block. I was making sure that no no races bo boosted it. No, I don't I think, think they did. Yeah. Uh, priest gets two. Huh. Mm -hmm. Magician gets... One. Warrior gets two. Yeah. Adventurer gets one. Floofomancer gets one. Yeah. And the pirate gets two. Hmm. So half the classes get two initiatives. So yeah. I was wrong. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, uh, but they also get like next, they get zero chi and low hits. So. I kind of like how initiative gets handled, too. How I love the initiative I system. I think that's really cool. Because it's nine-second turns that are split up into six rounds. Uh, and, well, how do you, how do you determine initiative? It, you know, you, you roll your dice, right? And it's like on a cycle. So whatever you roll, that's the cycle you go on, which is cool as hell. Yeah, it is. Bad thing is, if you roll both numbers the same... You only you get, get to go once. Yeah. Which is also cool. Yeah, <laughs> it just, just means neat. you're slow. Now, for yeah. those of you that are unfamiliar with the hero system, uh, hero system has something similar, only it's based on your speed, not on a die roll. Yeah, it's not random. Mm -mm. But it's still cool. Yeah. And it's still relatable for people who've ever played the hero system. Mm -hmm. it, you get those turns. There's a couple of others that do that same thing, but none of them are coming to the top of my brain. And I had a list, and I forgot to print it. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, and I couldn't find it in my PDFs because I think I made it on my desktop rather than in my mm -hmm. Google Docs. But I liked Initiative too. Yeah, I liked it. I, I, I it just—it's a fun way to go about it because mm -hmm. you know instead of trying to just roll a high number, you almost want to roll strategically, especially if you have multiple initiative die, mm -hmm. because you're right—you don't want to roll the same number, <laughs> yeah. and you don't necessarily. You don't necessarily want to go first. You don't necessarily want to go last. You want right. to go somewhere in the middle and you want to go twice in a row. <laughs> yes. That's right. That's the best. <laughs> and so it's like you're, you're trying to be strategic of like, okay, please, please just roll okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't of, overdo it, guys. The one time I've gotten to play, I had two initiative dice, uh, but I bought an additional edition dice. I played an adventure. Ah. Yeah. Um, and I got a five or a six and a two, and I really liked that that division because I got to do my stuff. Some other people got to go, and I go, oh, that person's dealing a lot of damage. I don't like them, and then go attack them. <laughs> right. And then, Let me make decisions mid combat. <laughs> yeah. So I, I kind of liked that. I, I I like the multiple initiatives. I'm a big fan of multiple initiatives. Um, I don't. I don't think there's any way that that could have been better. No, I'm it's glad, pretty good. <laughs> I am glad that the one thing that didn't happen, which I thought when I started reading the rules and everything like that, 
I honestly thought initiative was going to be dependent on how many successes you got. Oh, yeah. Oh. And, that would have That would have sucked. <laughs> yes. And so that's that was the thing is I was like, man, you only get like one die. I hope you get a success. And, um, so when I got to that, I was you like. You don't get to attack this round. Oh, God. How awful would it be if, initial, yes. if initiative was rolled at the top of every round and if you got a success, you got to go. If you didn't, you just stood there like an idiot. I feel like it would be like you get one automatic success. I feel like that would be it. Like, you get one automatic no, success. No automatic successes. You either do or you don't. There is no try. <laughs> I... <laughs> the only downside... The only downside to this is some players are going to go three times a turn and some people are going to go one time a turn. Yeah. Which, I mean, I love the initiative system, but that's the downside of it. Yeah. I agree, because, you know, the people that only have one die versus the people who start out with two and maybe spent points to get another, yeah. it's like, okay, cool, I did my stuff, and now you're waiting for everyone <laughs> yeah. else to finish before you can do anything. But, it's stupidly quick even then. It yeah, is, that's yeah. true. Like, it's, that's one of the things that I like is, uh, I'll say this, as much as I've enjoyed the hero system... It was waiting. It was a waiting game. It, yeah. It what was it? I think twelve different rounds. It is, but usually people only have a speed of two or three. Yeah. But even then, one turn you're rolling to hit, and then you roll damage, and then you add up damage, and then they subtract damage from their hit points. So even one pass on the on the on in hero can take a long time. Yeah, and that was the that was the one downside of it. Like, I feel like this is this is the upside of that kind of thing. Like, sure, that one person could be sitting for a while, but the it's... while isn't going to be as long as any other system. Because <laughs> here, here's the other thing. Let's put it in this way: you technically had three initiatives, where she only had one. That's true. That and... that is true, and it was still pretty quick. <clears throat> it was. And so I feel like you know. That is another thing. It's like even if you yourself don't have the additional initiative die, if you have a floofomancer and they've just and they have just an ungodly amount of chi, <laughs> they can just sort of, you know, rise little minions and then, you know, you could have four or five, six, seven initiative die, depending on how much However, a first level floofomancer is is, not, is going yeah. to be lucky to have one. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> But, but... <laughs> Would not be able to do much of anything They start else. off with seven chi, which isn't enough to raise any of the uh, fluffies in the book. <laughs> yeah, that, that was one of the things that kind of yeah. bugged me. That was it, weird. Is, I think it's because the races get chi starting, but even then, it, you have to, you a have lot to of them only get two points. Exactly. You have to munchkin it. You have to min-max in order yeah. to get the right amount of chi yeah. so that you can... I've stood by this statement since um, I got out of D&D. I do not think min-maxing is a bad thing as long as you <laughs> no. go play it. Yeah. Yeah, there's a way to do min-maxing where you <coughs> where you can still role-play it really well, and it makes sense for your character. Fluffomancers are not the only one. I was trying to remember who it was. Adventurers get the option of companion. Oh, yeah. yeah. So they can start with an animal. So there are two that... Um, Could I start with a hireling? <laughs> Just have a whole other character? <laughs> right? <laughs> or a sock puppet? <laughs> I should have gotten another initiative die. Oh. 
I take it back. There is one other. Uh, <laughs> it only counts if they actually can do something. <laughs> Mages also can have a construct. They can summon. Oh, a yeah, construct. that's right. So that's where the elementals came in. So half of the construct of socks. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's one of the other things that I'm just now realizing. Now that we're having to, now that I'm talking back and forth with people, mm-hmm. it really is a balanced game. Half of the classes can do something; the other half can't. Half of them, even if it's not the exact same. <laughs> it's not the same three classes every time, though. True. And so it's kind of one of those things that, at the end of the day, it's really interesting to look back and be like, oh, well, I mean, sure, three of them have a companion that can up your ability, but then, like, three of them have an additional on their, you know, mm-hmm. and so... True, but if you had more, if you had more extra points, you could branch out from the from the uh, uh, different classes more. Like, playing a Fluffomancer, I had to spend half of my experience points, uh, half of my extra points, on chi. Yeah. And that, that was just for the minimum chi to be able to, to, use, to use my uh, specialization. And so, I didn't have anything left over to put into anything else. Yeah. I think... I think part of that is almost like you have this specialized class, right? But you're just starting out, so you don't necessarily have the fortitude to do what needs to be done to raise it until you start adventuring some, which that's where you complete your goals, get more points, Fair. spend on chi, so but that like, you're eventually able to do the thing. Rollmaster, you yes. get points. And yes, you are a warrior, but you can do whatever you want with that warrior. That's true. And by, by spending your points, you can be a good warrior and do something else too. And I feel like that's the way extra points you can be a good warrior, but not could be in the system. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be honest, if I were to run this as a campaign, and I don't mean like, uh, let's run this for over a year or anything like that, right. but I mean, if I were to run this as a campaign, I would probably honestly start people with a bit more points. Um, only because, I mean, as a one shot, okay, five points, here you go. But I think for a long-term campaign, I would definitely start people a little bit more. Well, the good thing is you can just call it experience because that's the way it works. Yeah. I would basically be like, I'd probably get 15 starting. That's yeah. a lot. But I Depends guess. on where you want to start your characters. That's true. But look at 15, though. Every class needs to raise their chi, whether people realize it or not. So you yeah. let people know that they're going to put a lot into chi. Yeah. And then if you want to raise an ability... That's four hit points. points. Don't forget hit points. Oh yeah, you should probably do that too. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, the the thing is, is that fifteen sounds like a lot. Hit points. Uh, hit points are one for one. But if you want to do an ability, that's two. If you want to raise your initiative, that's four. So right there, if you raise your initiative twice, that's eight points. Yeah. That leaves yeah. you seven points. Yeah. So fifteen sounds like a lot, but in all honesty, who isn't going to up their initiative? Yeah. Who I isn't going to up an ability? Yeah. You know, I mean, so that's a lot of points gone right there. True. Um, I mean, in all honesty, if I were to make a character using 15 points, two initiative dice, I would at least raise one ability. I'm already at five points at the, like the normal. Yeah. So, um, and then if I'm playing a spellcaster, the rest of those five are going into chi. Yeah. Because that gives me 10 chi. So I have the minimum right. to summon something or to, you know, operate something or so. But that's me. That's how I would run this and play this, but, um, yeah, I don't think there's, um, I think in all honesty, the only thing that I, not naysay, but, um, is a drawback for me is the character sheet. 
<laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I have rebuilt the character sheet, made it a little bit different, and there's two versions of the character sheet, the one in the book, which is what we played with today, Yeah. Um, and another one that Pat made, which for, for the life of me, I could not find a copy, and I completely drew a blank on the fact that I could go to the website and download it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the one that's in the book, there's a couple of issues with it. <laughs> um, the section to write in your goals, you know, you start with three of them, it's not very big. Um, and it's kind of hard to squeeze everything in there. Yeah. Especially if you want to add notes as far as to give you cues as to how to use the goal. For sure, yeah. Um, the lines for the stats, you're just writing one number in there, and they're huge. Um, again, not enough room for writing in your specials if you want to add notes to tell you exactly what they do how to use it well and how many specials did priests and was and magicians start off with four okay i thought you said it was more than that yeah but yeah that's that's they get four everybody else gets three six points yeah that's yeah and so and then you know right underneath that you have a weapon line and then you have your gear line and then you have on the next page of it armor and then two more weapon lines and so it's kind of like disjointed on where everything's supposed to sit format wise i want to talk about the hydra bear dilemma yes because we, we talked about hand this each of you a hydra bear and i want to talk about the hydra bear dilemma <clears throat> um so i've talked about pat with this and ultimately as a creator he gave me what he would do as a game master and also gave me the but the game master of each game needs to decide. Mm. And I came up with what I feel are the three major things that can happen. So Fluffamancers have to have enough chi for the base hits of the creature they are summoning. If a Hydra is dead and you're summoning it and it only has one head, that's ten points. If, now the, the Hydra bears have their own chi, when a Hydra Bear takes 10 points of damage, a head is cut off. A Hydra Bear then makes a 6 die, a die, a die 6 regeneration check, costing 1 chi. No, a 6 die generation check. If successful, the Hydra Bear grows 2 heads to replace the destroyed one. Here's where I come up with the dilemma. 1. You have to have enough chi for each additional head. 2. You don't need enough chi because you've already summoned the one, and each subsequent head is just under your ability. Three, you don't need to use chi, but each additional head fights the main head that you have summoned. Or there's basically like, <laughs> well, also what? Ha- well, okay, but there's another p- part to that too. It's okay. You now no longer have enough chi for the hit points of that creature. Do you lose control of that creature? <laughs> oh, and then, yeah, so there's a four-point dilemma on that. Yeah. <laughs> Does it suddenly turn and look at you and go, you know what? I don't like you. <laughs> <laughs> and then you have enough to fight another Hydra Bear. I personally sit with the... Either you spent the ten, and you now just have a Hydra Bear, and each new head that comes out, you still have control of, or each new head is now not going to listen to you. But I take that in more of a comical thing. Um, (laughs) It starts fighting itself. Yeah. Yeah, 
I can see that. I think it depends on hmm. what would work best for the story. I think it comes down to the... I don't think it's just the story. I think it's also the, the feel of the group. Yeah, that too. Because, I mean, if the group... If, the, if it feels good with the group, I think doing something funny where the each head is basically, well, I'm not going to do anything. I'm not going to help you go do something. No, I'm not going to help you go do something. Where they're basically like in opposition, I think is a fun thing that can happen. Um, not necessarily fighting the original head, but basically in opposition. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one head controls one leg, the other head controls another leg. And so his two legs are dragging while the main head is like, come on, we're leaving. <laughs> <laughs> paralyzed on one side. <laughs> it's okay. It's still attack with the head. So it's all good. Bite attack, right? <laughs> so that's that's the only that's the dilemma I found in the book is the fact that the Hydra Bear one doesn't really explain how that, that would affect. Um, but two, I thought it was just a funny thing to like how would it work? <laughs> Well, also, you could think of it this way. It's like, okay, it, it makes a, di- a, a dice six regeneration check costing one chi. Does it cost the, you, the Flufamancer one chi, or does it cost the Hydra one chi? I assume. And here's why I think it should be the Flufamancer, because the Flufamancer is telling it to regenerate. It doesn't necessarily do that automatically. But the Flufamancer isn't telling it to. This oh. is a natural special ability of okay. the Hydra. Okay. Um, so it, it's the natural ability of the Hydra. Anytime it loses a head, it immediately tries to do it. And it has five key, which mathematically works out to being six possible heads. Yes. Which works out well. Yeah. Is it only six heads? <laughs> the way I did the math, did it was six heads, yes. Start with one. It gets cut off, and this one gets cut off, and that one gets cut off, so that's one, two, four, so one, you're right, six heads. I don't know why I thought something different. No, 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 no. It seemed like it should be more to me, but... It grows back two heads to replace the, the one that it lost. One. Look, that's why I did this okay. map. So you've got one head. Yes. This goes away. You've got two heads. This one goes away. You've got two heads. But it has to keep one to survive, yes? No. Oh, okay. So, I mean... But what if it started out with more? It, it's had ten heads total, but... Or ten... It's had thirteen heads total, but there are only six alive at one time. Yeah. And then it runs out of chi. Now, technically speaking, though, if you had enough chi yourself, you could reinvigorate those dead heads hmm. because you're bringing it to life. And each of those heads is its own individual piece. So, <laughs> technically <laughs> speaking... Got a 130 key monster. Yeah, you got a 130 oh key monster. God. So... You don't need an army. You just need one hydra. <laughs> now, oh, Lord. <laughs> I, what I think is really cool, though, is each head gets its own initiative. Yes. <laughs> the only thing that kind of bothers me is it has no ranged combat ability, 
and I almost feel like it should count as ranged combat with the length of its neck. <laughs> I know technically it's still melee, but that was just me being, me being weird. But that's, that's, to me, I think personally, um, and I'd like to go around the table with this, me personally, if the campaign is more silly, I'm going to make it where the heads are in opposition, but not uh, like demonstrative. They're not trying to attack or anything like that. They're just being obstinate. Um, or if it's a little bit more serious of a campaign, um, I will make it to where if you, depending on, if it started off with three heads and you're able to pull all three heads together, any subsequent heads are simply under your control still. You've got more hit points, but they're under your control. Yeah. That um, and that's, sense. that's how I would do it. No, I, I agree. Like I, I would, if, if I were trying to make things difficult for my players <laughs> and I don't see why I would do that. Depends on the player. That, that actually, yeah, you know what? That's very true. Depending on the player, I wouldn't necessarily penalize them for it trying to automatically regenerate to them having to then spend an additional, you know, 10 chi points for that, for the new head, or 20, I guess, if it's two, for the two new heads just in order, just to be able to keep control of the monster. We've well, already spent 10 points into it. Mm -hmm. If it gains two new heads, you only have to spend 10 more but points. But if it still has a head. If that's not the head that they, like, if they had their, if it, they were, like, two heads or whatever, and they spent 20 points and they lost a head, and now it has three heads, and then it loses a head. But you still have to have 10 points to control a head to keep the monster under your control. Yeah. So those 10 points would still be there with the monster itself. Okay. Okay, so here's but the way yeah. I see it. <laughs> There's um, a lot of math here, and it's not my strong suit. The Fluffermancer spends 10 points... He gets a Hydra with one live head and however many dead heads. That one head may have the ability to uh, make the regeneration check and spend a key, if you rule that it does, and then it can grow another head. But other than that, it's got all these dead heads. Now, if the Fluffermancer spends more than 10, ten uh, key, then they gets more than one head. So you would run it where it would make two new heads, but only one would be alive. Well, when the when the when the thing starts out, it's got one, oh, okay. one live head, and then just like before, just like before, it has the opportunity to grow another head when it loses that one. But it doesn't start off with more than one head alive unless they spend more. Keep but you'd let them keep both heads without spending more chi. Uh. Just creating the creature is what costs the key. Mm -hmm. After that, you don't get the key, the key back, but you don't have to spend any more points. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure I understood what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I'm completely on board with what you yeah. said. I mean, the I would only add the opposition for a comical campaign just because that <laughs> makes things funny. That would be really funny. Right, it um, would be really funny. But, but the thing is... Like, there, I don't see a point in making it more difficult for the player to have control of this really cool monster. True. Uh, but in a, comic cam a comedy campaign... Which, at that point, though, you could uh, charm them in. The thing is, if you start them off with 5 chi again, uh, all of a sudden they may have 50, uh, 10 heads or 12 heads, and that would be a really, really badass Vidytra. <laughs> True. <laughs> Which might be cool, but yikes. <laughs> uh, 
So and I wonder why my daughter why my daughter pouts like that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so let's move on to the final stage of what we do here with our reviews. Um, <clears throat> so at Drive Through RPG. <clears throat> And we will we'll rate each of the two products uh, individually. Um, so Escape from Teddy Bear Island, currently at the time of this recording, is uh, a PDF of $7.99. For some reason, it doesn't show a way to purchase a physical copy here, which I know that I've... Hmm. I know I have a physical copy, but I don't know if it was if I was gifted the physical copy or not. But I, he's never gifted me a PDF. I had to purchase. It may have it, been so. a Kickstarter thing. Maybe. Um, so the PDF is seven ninety nine for Escape from Teddy Bear Island. It's currently sitting at five stars. Um, On how many ratings? Only two ratings, <laughs> but still, it's a five star rating. <laughs> um, I don't think it's expensive enough. I think seven ninety nine is a steal, because I mean. At it again, yes, it's kind of a, a little bit bigger than the, the size of a manga, um, but we're at 111 pages on this book. In a world where I can get a 400-page RPG book for $20, though, I would say $8 for a 120-page book is not bad. True, but at the same time, that 400-page book should be a little more expensive. So. <laughs> Maybe, but we're not going to tell them that. <laughs> well, I am, because I want to see these key companies keep going. Um, I think it's a great price. I, I, I think that... Uh, I'm going to say it's undersold only because I want to be honest about that. But um, Escape from Teddy Bear Island uh, is sitting at five stars. Uh, I, I know it's only two ratings, but it's still sitting at five stars. <laughs> there are products on here with, like, 10 ratings they're sitting at a one star so okay but the thing about few ratings is you never know who these people are that rated it that's true <laughs> they had to have purchased the product though okay but my grandma purchases a product I make and she's gonna give it a five star rating let me <laughs> tell you <laughs> she better um, if she knows what's good for her if you <laughs> if you decide to go grab the return to teddy bear island source book uh, it's over 30 pages. The PDF is $1.99. Soft cover is $3.99. And a combined bonus right now is for $3.99. Wait, so you can get a physical copy of the source book, but not of the main book? Yeah. That's weird. It may also be something with uh, the um, settings that they, something happened with the settings That's or something. That's possible, so, yeah. Um, the other thing about the price being where it is, I'm very happy with the $8 price. But if it were more than that, I would have thought twice about buying it. Under $10 is a really good price for me to say, nah, I'll give it a shot. And I was really happy with the price. Now that you've played it, if it had been more than $10 after playing it, would you have purchased it? After playing it, I probably would have gone up to $12 or $14. Um, but like I said, for just trying it out, $8 is perfect. True. I think they did a really good job with the price point. Um if you want Return to Teddy Bear Island, it's $1.99 for the PDF, $3.99 for the soft cover, $3.99 for the combo. I don't know if that's a sale price because uh, it also has $5.98 as the original price. So I don't know if this is a permanent $3.99 or not. In all honesty, six books for that for a PDF and a physical of that book, I that's not a bad price at all. No. Um, if you're only looking for the basic stuff of it... Um, 
it adds new plushies, which we did not add any of those plushies in, although they're really awesome. <laughs> um, it adds a new class and a new race. And the new race is honestly one of the coolest, like, races. We did, in- we did include the new race. We did include the new race. <laughs> um, which is where mucus comes from. In all honesty, I think that that race fits really well with the setting. Uh, it I really does. enjoyed it. Was it was good. Um, the class is a pirate, which we did not do, which um, adds into this. Uh, but it adds in a new adventure and some short fiction. And I really love the short fiction that comes out of uh, Orcs Unlimited. It reminds me of Castle Falkenstein, hmm. where mm-hmm. at the beginning of Castle Falkenstein, you've got like a short story to it. Yeah. And uh, I'm guessing you've read it, Jonathan? Um, I read at least part of it. Okay. I really enjoy that of games when it's not just, here's about the world. Yeah. When it gives you a short story, which I think some of the World of Darkness books do that. Almost all of them. Yeah. Almost all of them do. <laughs> I say that because there's some splat books and stuff that don't do it, but... No, actually, most of the splat books, too. There may be some exceptions, but most of them do. I've had a couple that didn't. Maybe it's just uh, I pick... Maybe I happen to pick the stuff that, that they're like, nah, we're okay, we're not going to do something. That's why I tell you when we go to buffets, you always just get what I get because I always get the best stuff. <laughs> you also get stuff I can't eat. Mm. You get the stuff you can't eat. But it's still the best stuff. It only has one rating, and it's a five-star rating. <laughs> it, it should reliably be a five-star rating, probably. <laughs> I'm going to say, for me, this game and its supplement are both a 4.5. 4.5. See, we need to just go to 10 stars. That's what the real thing is. <laughs> what, so you can get a 9.5? I don't think so. <laughs> 9.75. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so what about you I give it a solid 4 <sighs> any reason it's a good game <laughs> it's fun to play it's not perfect but it's pretty dang close it's good it's a good system it's fun to play it, it's good personally I'm right with you I think 4 stars is just right <laughs> uh, so RPG Geek is our other place to go to to look for ratings. Um, normally we go to Drive Through RPG because one, you can also purchase it there. Yes. Um, and RPG Geek does not have any ratings on there for it. Of course, this is a um, indie game, so indie games are kind of hit or miss whether they're even going to have one on there. Um, so I mean, it's kind of sad. Well, it was an indie game that was kickstarted as opposed to put through a regular publisher right true which i kind of preferred that because i mean i have no problem with that uh, <laughs> but that that explains why it's not on there although you said there were some third there were some main publisher stuff that wasn't even rated on that on there right yeah rpg geek is it's very much you know we the people have to go out there and rate it <laughs> yeah um and i always try to not go out there and rate it right before i do these episodes if Wait I, a minute, it has a five-star rating. Yeah! Yeah, so the, that's the thing. Is I try not to go out there and rate it and be like, oh, well, they do ten stars over there. Oh, oh yeah. And so, there we go. So, um, you can have your 9.75. Well, we had the 8.7 on one of those other games, remember? That's why you're like, I don't want to use RPG anymore. I was like, no, we're going to still use them. Did I just, you forget I don't, that? Yeah, I did, apparently. I just don't like, the, I don't like the, just whole numbers. Whole numbers. Okay, so 6.66. <laughs> drive through RPG kind of rounds things. If you click on the if you click on the the stars, it'll give you that exact number. Yeah. 
but I don't use that because of Mrs. RPG Hour. I give her her <laughs> one to five there. Thank you. And uh, RPG Geek, though, is for me. That's me going in there, yeah, 0. 0.63 seconds. Um, this is why I'll be sleeping on the bed alone tonight and she'll be sleeping on the couch. I will not be sleeping on the couch. <laughs> well, I'm not sleeping on the couch. You are sleeping mm. on the couch. Have fun with that. Sleeping on the floor next to the couch. <laughs> okay, so time for me to go. Uh, so that, so we give it a, an average uh, an average of four. Um, honestly, this is one of the top games that we all seem to really enjoy. I own a physical copy of Escape from Teddy Bear Island and the PDFs of the other two. Of, or of Escape from Teddy Bear Island and of the supplement. <coughs> um, I like having the PDFs easily available because it's... Um, when it's a smaller book like this, I can do a PDF without doing a physical book. And one thing I do want to say about our copy of the printed uh, physical book, the design of the pages, it has like lines on the side to look like it's more pages than it really is. Like it's an open book. And everything is just way too close to the margins. And it... it causes me great anxiety. The PDF's the same way. <laughs> I like the design. Personally, like, I, I think it's cool. I think that's a really nice effect and everything it's artistic, for the pages. But it's kind However, of hard to read on some pages. Yeah, it, it's hard to read, but also it just gives me great anxiety like, <laughs> just to look at the pages because it, it gets so close and I'm just like... <laughs> <laughs> the margins probably could have stood to be a little wider. wider. The words are going to fall off the page <laughs> and I'm going to lose them. Stop reading ink heart. <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day this is something that i mrs rpg i've said it before um we would honestly have extra copies of anything orcs unlimited oh, yeah. and give them away um and we've actually done that a couple of times like we, we would spend money to buy the product and then oh you're looking for an rpg here try this because <laughs> it's no, also no, go ahead take it it's fine we have more <laughs> As we talked about price, if you're looking for something that you want to try that's outside of what you normally do and you're worried about the investment, this is more than well worth the investment and it's also not going to break the bank. Uh, you can get the main book and the supplement for under $10 total. Um, and then all you need is some D6s. <laughs> and I'm going to say this, you need at least 10 D6 per person. Yeah. Um, even if you don't use them right away, you're going to need 10 D6 per person. <laughs> Just pull out your Shadowrun dice, it'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for those of you non Shadow uh, non Shadowrun fans, just grab your all the D sixes uh, for all of your all of your uh, D and D characters. And that should oh, be about 10. I thought you were going to say Monopoly, and then I was like, no. The Monopoly players tend to get mad at you when you do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, what is it? Risk has like a bunch of D sixes or yeah. something. Go, go grab Risk dice or Axis and Allies. Yeah, Yahtzee. Yeah. <laughs> Like, y'all are all going to these, like, difficult, obscure <laughs> games that no one will have in their house unless they're big nerds, and then it's like... Risk isn't? Yeah. Risk isn't anymore. Regular Risk isn't. The specialty Risk <laughs> is, like, what we have on our shelf. Star Wars Risk and Star Trek Risk and Mickey Mouse Risk. <laughs> we have Risk Godstorm and Risk yes. uh, 2319 or whatever, the, the futuristic uh, one. We don't cool. have a regular copy of Risk. Neat. That's it. <laughs> um... Hey, they're also good places to loot for counters. True. <laughs> That's true. So, 
at the end of the day, this is definitely a game that we are saying get a copy of, put it on your shelves. Um, and if you have any questions about it, Pat is always available on Twitter. And we're always available on our Twitter and Facebook. So if you want to seek us out, please, 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 uh, if you have any like concerns or anything, hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at RPG Hour. Email us at therpghour uh, at gmail.com. Please give us five stars so we can reach more people. Um, it's how Twitter does their thing. You can iTunes. tell us... iTunes. Sorry. Not 4.75. <laughs> <laughs> Please whole give numbers. us five stars. Whole uh, numbers. We can only give whole numbers on it. Please give us five stars. That helps us reach people. And for the business side of things, that helps us potentially grow and continue doing the craziness that we do. Uh, so that would be very nice for us if you could help us with that. If not, please don't rate us badly. Any complaints, you can reach us on Instagram. <laughs> Or Twitter, or Facebook, or no, no, our no, 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 just Instagram. <laughs> no, I I get the messages directly to my phone for that. Only Instagram. <laughs> uh, <laughs> RPG Hour. Y'all have a good.